I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Good morning, everybody. I'm Lisa Stone with Parenting Aces, and we are joined by Andy Finley, a coach from Erie, Pennsylvania. First of all, I want to just say a happy Mother's Day yesterday to everybody. I hope everybody had a great time. And um, I am relegated to the floor of my bedroom this morning (laughs) for the live stream. I've got my husband's on a mediation in the office. My son drove down from the Bay Area and he is set up outside doing his work. So I'm locked up in the bedroom (laughs) sitting on the floor. Andy, how are you? Good. Let me add a belated happy Mother's Day to everybody out there in the middle of this. Yeah, it's been crazy. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, people that have been tuning in through all this know I recently moved to Southern California from Atlanta to be closer to all three of my kids. And then this lockdown happens and I can't see any of my kids. And um, we kind of made a family decision that we were going to all be together on Mother's Day yesterday. Everybody's been quarantined this whole past eight weeks. So we felt pretty comfortable being together and uh, ended up having a really nice day. So it was a a good treat for me. Well, let's hope you can do a, a real good get together in August or sometime optimistically soon. Yeah, for sure. So why don't you give our audience a little bit of background on what you are doing in Erie? Um, Your resume is too long. It would take the whole hour just to talk about your history in tennis and all the great work you've done. But I want to say a a quick thank you to Matt Manassi for putting us in contact with one another. Yeah, excellent. Um, here in Erie, we're actually on a snow day, which is a record for us. And I know we what? get pretty, yeah, it's it's not settling, but it's it's a no outdoor tennis day. Wow. So, so basically in Pennsylvania, we got a bit of a break up here in terms of red, yellow and green, where we got moved into yellow by Governor Wolf on Friday, which means that we can put outdoor tennis together with restrictions, uh, expecting quite heavy restrictions everywhere. But there's, uh, I believe it's 24 counties out of 67, which are northernmost in PA, have got this yellow. And uh, that would leave, by my math, like 40, 44 counties, whatever it is that makes up the difference in, in, in southern PA that don't have, they're still in red. So they're kind of jealous of us. But we can't hit a ball. Yeah, but we can't hit a ball today. But tomorrow we should start hitting the 60s, which is about 10 below where you're at in California. Yeah. And uh, that's still good for outdoor tennis. So we we got a lot of things in place here. Um, You know, there's so many resources out there. It's 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 fantastic that we have this level of resources. It's sad that we have to have them, but it's a it's a twilight zone that we're going into. Seriously. So my understanding is you've been on lots of calls over the past several weeks with USTA, with other coaches, with the sections, trying to really develop and devise and and hone in on a set of guidelines to help everybody return to tennis in a safe way that not only is going to help them you know, hopefully avoid catching COVID-19, which is the big goal here, but also help them return to the courts in a way so that they won't get injured or, um, 
you know, get otherwise sidelined by something non-COVID-19 related. Can you talk a little bit about who you've been in talks with and what kinds of things you're hearing around the country and and specifically what you guys are going to be doing in the Erie area? Sure. I mean, I'm in touch on, on webinars and such with USPTA, which is actually going on right now. So I'm selecting this over. Uh, we feel honored. PTA. Thank you. Okay. So, okay, you're, you're, you're worth it. Okay. And, <laughs> and USTA and our middle state section, and everybody's absolutely exceeding expectations. I mean, I think there's a little bit of a legal fear out there so right. that we do the right thing and safety is the big word. Um, and I think people, and especially parents, you know, your parent, you, you know, your, your theme is a parent acing thing here. Okay. And I think before your parents bring kids to the court, they've got to consider before tennis, during tennis and after tennis. And I'm going to use this kind of word touchless tennis. Okay. So it's our job as coaches, how, how much we can make this touchless tennis and reduce risk. Obviously mm-hmm. stay at home is the maximum risk reduction reality comes in i mean we're in the yellow zone here and and tennis right there alongside golf and and walking and running you know we can get outside now but we got to do it with respect because this virus is in charge so if i make a couple of comments before tennis the opening comment is temperature okay do not go to the courts if your temperature is 100.4 or above and be willing to have your temperature taken, although there's legal rules on how much that information can be shared, but you can voluntarily do things like this. And if you step on court, everyone in sight has to know that you don't have one of the big three symptoms, you know, with, with a mm-hmm. fever. Uh, that obviously, that's temperature and, and, and coughing and, and chills and things like that. So, you know, are there other symptoms? Yeah. Could you be asymptomatic? Yeah. But if you minimize the risk, you're being as safe as you can be. Right. Right. And I mean, it's interesting because I, I've talked about this in other forums, but the club that I belong to here in Orange County reopened last Monday and they sent out a very specific list of guidelines. They have them posted at the club on signage. I haven't been yet, but I'm told they have them posted. And interestingly, um, one of the guidelines is you must wear a mask when walking through the indoor area. So if you are in the building, you must have a mask on. And what they were finding is the kids coming back were not, were ignoring that rule. They were not wearing masks. And so they've had to implement a secondary kind of policy. They sent out another set of emails to all the members saying, here's the deal. If your kid shows up and doesn't have on a mask, the first time we'll give them a mask. The second time, we're going to charge them $25 for that mask. So make sure your kid wears a mask. And it was interesting to me that the adults seem to be following the policy, but the juniors, not so much. So um, in addition to taking a temperature reading before coming to the courts, what else are you seeing people do and what are you doing to make the environment safe? Well, sure. Let me respond to the mask. The mask is pretty simple, okay? you If you're within six foot or threatening being with six foot everyone, you put the mask on, okay? Outside that, the mask is, is on your, your, your body, such as me right now, and, and, and you move it up when you have to. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, going through gates is threatening, okay? Uh, if the club's really sharp, they could leave the gate open and help with that area of touchless tennis, okay? And, you know, put your stuff – don't even take stuff out on the court. One racket, one towel, one can of balls that you own and one can of water that you own and go and separate it as much as possible, okay? Two different net posts. If you're allowing four people, you can go to four corners of the court, you know, we can put spots out there, which are these six-foot distancing spots. And by the way, I recommend 10-foot. Why Six-foot with a slipstream is, is less than six-foot. 10-foot mm-hmm. ten, gives you, you know, re- reducing the risk. Okay, so, and, and especially with kids, you know, they're, they're really not up to this, okay, and they don't want to hear any of this, but they do know that adults are going to tell them there's rules and they do know they're going to have to follow them. Um. <clears throat> So minimize what goes through that gate. That stuff has to stay in the car. Right. And you even mentioned your club in California if you're in the building. You know, most clubs, you can't go in the building. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, bathroom, one-shot deal, sanitize before, sanitize after. Yeah, I mean, it's got to happen. But basically, the building's out of bounds. Right. And and for our club, um, to be fair and just kind of to explain it, to get to the courts, you have to go through the building. There's no way to get to the courts. And um, and our club is only open for members, no guests right now. So um, the bummer for me is I, I'm not ready to go back out and play with other people. My husband's here right now and but he's not a member of the club. I have an individual membership, so I can't even go hit with him, um, which kind of stinks, but I get it. And I think it's a right, the right policy for now. Uh, I think it's a great way to get back out there. Are you out coaching individuals right now, Andy? Um, first lesson tomorrow. Okay. And will it be a private lesson or will you Correct. have a group? Private max two. I, I have both set up tomorrow. And so how are you going to handle those lessons? What are some of the things you're going to do? Okay, so obviously those people have been email texted the rules and regulations beforehand. And, you know, if they can't conform to them, then we have to delay it. But if they can, we can go. Okay, and these people are so, so itching to go hit. Yeah. Let's face it, tennis courts are for hitting tennis balls on and not for looking like the twilight zone, which we're... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're going through, so let, let's let's get some tennis balls hit, but let's get them hit safely. Um, I, I kind of have my kids bringing a can of balls. If they want to serve, they use only their tennis balls, okay, so that we okay. stay in the best touchless area possible there, okay? Um, obviously, they can't. I want them sanitizing. I mean, we're going to almost spray them down as they come through the <laughs> gate, okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to. I get it. Yeah, I mean, like, what does a what does a guy going to the beehive do? He goes to goes to the store and gets a bee suit, okay, and he doesn't get stung. Well, you know, we're we're almost in this bubble world right now, where that's if we're going to go outdoors, we need to do push to that extent to be safe and protect both us and everybody in in sight. Um. We okay. So let me add a couple of tips here, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, try and use a racquetball foot pickup. Okay, minimize minimize the touching. Um, Meaning, don't, don't pick up the balls with your hands. Use your racket and your foot, and push the ball against your foot and pull the ball up that way. Sure, 
Yeah, and that would go into touchless tennis, best can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a way through that because I know people out here are looking for some some tips. How can we strive to be perfect and, and not be perfect and be safe? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you use the ball tubes, okay, you've got, like, let's say you've got blue, red, yellow, and clear. Okay, you spray the ball tube down beforehand. You know, your, your kids, kids like ball tubes, adults don't. Okay, your kids can pick balls up with the ball tubes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and not touchable. Okay, and that ball tube's been sprayed down massively beforehand. And, and if you want, during and, and absolutely after, before an next person gets their hands on it. But we all got ball tubes and they could be used safely. Right. Good tip, not showing up on, on written stuff, but it, I mean, Let's face it, us pros really don't want to pick all the balls up at the end of the lesson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're tired by the end, oh, especially we're, after a full day. Yeah, well, we're tired, but yeah, we still don't want to pick the balls up, even if we're not tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kid's job. So so when you're actually teaching a lesson, are you staying on opposite side of the net from your player the entire time? Yeah, I mean, we pretty much do that in, in junior teaching anyway, so that, that really doesn't make the difference. The, the mask, if you approach the net, you lift the mask, okay? And if you, you know, ideally you keep the kid at the other side, maybe service line, service line max, and you're within six foot, obviously, but mm-hmm. make that 10 foot because it it is beyond that. Um, there's no reason for, I mean, we got to do a lot more live hitting. We got a lot to do a lot less net talking. Right. And, you know, to to provide that safety. OK, I mean, you got to You got to drink water. So we really can't supply the water because that's at risk. Obviously, in emergencies, we're telling kids and, and adults to drink water. So, you know, we could spray down that bottle of water and, and give it to you. It might taste a little different, but it's Yuck. safe. <laughs> Trump would go for that one. Yeah. Um, possibly consider wearing a glove on one hand. Um, although I'm not sure that quite how gloves are going to f- really work yeah. because you, 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 unless you throw them away, unless they're right. one-time use, okay. It, it, washing your hands is 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 better. So, are you keeping hand sanitizer out on the court too? On every net post and on every gate. Okay. And and if you don't use it, we will. And again, yeah. if you don't, if you don't, we'll spray you down. Right. Right. So the onus right now seems to really be on the teaching pros to enforce these guidelines and these behaviors and to get the kids, you know, developing these habits and, you know, being very clear that if you don't follow these guidelines, you will not be allowed to play. Yeah. And I think kids and adults, I mean, this is a new world. We've had in my lifetime, you know, we've had the Hong Kong flu in 1968. We've had several wars, and you can go right back to the Second World War, which is before my lifetime. We've had 9-11. We've had Middle East wars. We've had all that, but we've never had this level of lockdown. So right. even adults haven't, you know, adults, you know, over under 70 haven't really gone through this. Mm-hmm. So they come into the same boat. But adults are a bit more likely to grasp what it takes to stay safe. You know, kids need a bit of cajoling. You might need the role model, okay? I mean, with a kid, you know, if you've got two kids on the court, one of them can't conform, they go in tennis timeout for a couple of minutes and get the message over. Yeah. You know, and have the parents, you know, help enforce everything. Sure. A lot of this has got to be done beforehand. If you leave this up to the the beginning of the lesson, 
there's going to be unnecessary stoppages and discussions that can be taken care of through, you know, emails and, and sell, you know, every, every media thing that is out there. So what you're doing and suggesting is that the coach have communication with the player prior to the lesson, outlining what the, the rules and guidelines are for participating in tennis on this day, because let's face it, these guidelines are going to evolve as we learn more or as the virus subsides or God forbid it surges again. So this is really, these guidelines have to be kind of fluid right now, but you have to have whatever the guidelines are on the day of your lesson. That's what you need to abide by. Right. Sure. I mean, it's fluid, but more than that, this is called signage. Okay. So whether your signage is, I mean, you can't just limit it to emails and texts. Okay. It's got to be on the gate. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're describing a waiver quite honestly. Okay. So the smartest of us will have you sign a waiver and bring a waiver. Okay, and there's plenty of them out there. I have one ready. If if anyone needs it, I can get it to them. Um, is that a bit of a stretch? I mean, it's pretty pretty obvious what needs doing. But if you don't fully trust the situation out there, get that waiver signed, and it might save a little bit of legal down the road. And right. it is fluid. I mean, keep this on files on your computer because uh, I'm I'm optimistic here. I think we're going to see recovery everything that's happened in the past has had a recovery that has put us into what we know as a normal Uh, i think we're going to go into a new abnormal okay certainly for a while (laughs) yeah but uh yeah yeah i mean mean, have have the parents sign a waiver i mean the kid signing a waiver is not worth it the kid reading it's worth it right and And, and keep it on one page and yeah (laughs) for sure (laughs) and if you if Coaches out there or parents out there, if you'd like to get a copy of the waiver that Andy's using, if you just um, push your email address in the comments here, um, Andy will send that to you when when we're done. Um, I'll send Andy a list of email addresses so it makes it easy for him and he can just reply and, and get those out. I'm all but, for that. All for that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I wanted to ask you, Andy, you said you're doing private lessons, but also more than one kid on the court. So how will the more than one kid on the court lesson look? Well, I mean, two, you know, if effectively you can get a lot of light ball hitting, which is very good. And the pros at the net, I mean, you're, you're at this point, you're now 39 foot apart. <laughs> okay. Given a 78 foot court. So, right. and you can do drills that are a bit closer than that. No problem. But I mean, two people, absolutely no issue. Yeah. Can you stretch it to three? Can you stretch it to four? Yeah. But I think we've got to start with the one, two situation and get a feel for safety. Right. It's interesting because, again, talking about my club, because this is my only experience directly, um, my club's open for doubles. And I have been asked, my my phone was blowing up all day yesterday. My women's league team is itching to get back out and they're arranging doubles, you know, matches every day. I'm just not there. I'm not ready to be on a court with three other people. I'm not even ready to be on the court with one other person. But, um, but it what's your feeling about doubles play and, and how we can get back to feeling comfortable being on a court with three other people? Yeah. I mean, certainly my area. And I think we're area is kind of the hundredth city in the, in the country. So if you can sell it in area, you can sell it anywhere. How about double singles, double singles, double singles. And then you don't have, say you have six courts, you don't have 24 people just squeezing inside that 25 gathering maximum. You've got a little bit more safety built in. 
So, I mean, people want to play doubles. Singles is a great opportunity to increase your fitness here. But still, I would say 80% of the people out there are selecting doubles. Mm -hmm. So they're going to push the envelope. They're going to want to play. Uh, can you have a slightly – I mean, it's all about down the middle. I like teaching down the middle solves the riddle, and that's, that's obviously for better doubles. You know, may, maybe we got to – give an extra point if you go down the alleyway yeah okay you know may, maybe there's some creativity here to reduce the contact in the middle uh i do think if we can come back in a what i'll call a recreational competitive manner and not be too competitive and we all are okay then we can maybe let a few balls go through the middle and survive a few weeks here of of, of safety Okay. But it's interesting. Double singles, double singles, double singles. Let, let's not have doubles, 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 doubles and look like we're gathering at the rate of 25 people or more. Hmm. Yeah. I So last week, Dr. Neeru Jayanthi did a webinar on getting back to tennis safely, and it was more geared toward recreational tennis. And one of the things he said was singles only maximum 45 minutes on the court because you don't want people getting to the point where they're exhausted and that if you get exhausted, maybe your, your immune system is compromised, you know, momentarily um, until you fully recover. And so there's no point in getting to that stage of things where you're competing for more than 45 minutes and, and wearing yourself down. Um, and I'm going to be sharing his, presentation on our COVID-19 page on parentingaces.com. So those of you interested in looking at that, uh, that'll be up in a little bit. But I, I thought it was interesting that he set that 45 minute limit and that he was geared really toward rec play. We know junior tennis is currently shut down. There are no tournaments happening. However, we're starting to see some UTR events pop up here and there. And Obviously, Tennis Channel has been broadcasting. Uh, they've got an event going on down in Florida. We've got a professional event going on in Germany, but they're playing four game sets, uh, no ad scoring. So do you see junior tennis kind of phasing back in in terms of junior competition by also using these short formats, no ad scoring? Or what are you hearing about well, that. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, certainly the UTR event in Florida at a private court, undisclosed, okay, with no spectators, streaming, one umpire, and they had a second umpire looking through the fence, calling service lines, okay, with some distancing. They gave each player a tent, okay, and so I think that was fantastic what UTR did because they certainly showed um, a role model of, of some of these enforcement. It wasn't perfect, okay, but it was very good in displaying that we can compete. I mean, this is at the pro comp I don't know if there was right. much money involved in that, but this is not the recreational way, way to do this, okay? But they did show we can get out there, we can play tennis, pros can play tennis, we can do it safely mm -hmm. as possible. Uh, it, it did take a private court to pull that off, okay? But that was so good. And then, like you said, there's going to be more. UTR is going to be a pioneer here and, and have a men's and a women's event in this country soon. And Germany's going to open up with things like this. Uh, USTA has, I, I think, correctly shut down tennis until, uh, I, I believe, August 1st at this point. Okay. So all June, and nearly every national tournament has been 
uh, cancelled or, or postponed and even postponed. It's like the pros. There's no other dates to put these things right. in. So they're right. going to be, you gonna do it? Yeah, yeah. you know, we got to, we got to take the year off really when, when we get down, even Nadal said that, you know, I'd be happy. Yeah. We just say, we just kiss, we just cancel 2020 and we go to 2021. You know, but there's a lot of people trying to trying to make make the living and put a dinner on the table. And you know, he's sure. not it's not his problem there. So, you know, there's another another viewpoint there. But I do think what UTR is doing is is pioneer right now. Yeah. And do you think that's how we're gonna see junior tennis return? Well, if you have junior tennis return using those models, you're gonna have to cut draw sizes down. I mean, Kalamazoo at 196 isn't gonna fly and and 196 boys 16s and boys 18s you've effectively yeah. got you know 400 people there at the top of the pyramid at the pinnacle of their career and and, and that leaves 800 parents and 1600 grandparents that want to travel and watch not and coaches and coaches uh, and, 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 and 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 900 volunteers in their, in right. their community. officials and yeah yeah, you don't think Kalamazoo would get a spike if they did it as they previously been doing it can you reduce the draw sizes yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to have to be doing that. I think, you know, 64 and up draw sizes is putting too many people in one place. 32 might have some game, especially, yeah, even when we get to the green phase, I, I think you, you want to have 32 people in a draw and only one parent and one coach and that's it. There's going to have to be restrictions. Aussie Open is pretty much headed toward only Australians can be spectators. To really? Yeah, I mean, Craig Tiley's out there doing a good job. He's looking at everything. He's the TD. He's he's the mm -hmm. big shot out in Aussie, and he you know he's he learned the tricks of his trade here at the University of Illinois. So I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. former college coach. Yeah, yeah, love and, it. And, and and won nationals. So you know he's yeah. transferring some knowledge there, and he's he's doing a good job. So he's he's looking at the model of uh, Aussie ADAO being no international visitors apart from you know one parent one coach or whatever limits he puts on it u.s open will surely look at that model i mean they're a go right now but they can't be a go with every event that they have there and the size of their drawers right and, and my goodness the money that's at stake obviously the economy starts coming in blending with safety on that one but they're going to have cutbacks. I mean, whether they even happen on that date, whether they move to Indian Wells, which I really don't see happening. Yeah. Okay. It'd be great for me, but I don't think it's happening either. Yeah. No, it doesn't solve all the problems either. Okay. It, it, it just simply doesn't. I, I know New York's epicenter right now, but, you know, let's just pray that they come through fast. And by that time that they're in some kind of new normal, but you 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 got to have cutbacks. These draw sizes and this amount of travel. Uh, the another thing with the uh, Aussie Open, US Open, the police can't handle it. The, the security mm -hmm. system can't handle uh, managing these amount of people. That's why gatherings are getting cancelled. Okay. Yeah. Let, let alone you know airports are really not the greatest place to be right now. And right, right. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I saw yesterday. You know the the airplane. The, the, the air company did absolutely everything to not have anyone in the middle row and provide social distancing. And then they gave away 50 tickets to health workers to be in the front line. The only place in the sit is the front row. So that's a bit, a bit oxymoronic right there. But it'll get better. These restrictions are now and they'll taper off and hopefully there's not a noticeable second wave. Yeah. But there will be cutbacks. But so what do you 
hearing in terms of even starting up local tournaments? I mean, USTA has introduced this new junior competition structure with seven levels of tournaments to take effect in January. Um, but right now we have no tournaments, you know, of any level. Uh, do you think that we're going to start to see some localized junior competition coming back on the calendar in August even? Well, I think before that as well, because those are USTA events. So locally, as a non-sanctioned event, while still supporting the governing body of the sport and, and, and making every attempt to strive for perfection and follow their guidelines, we're looking at putting on some, some local tournaments with restrictions. Okay. Oh, what does that look like? Um, I mean, it's not a done deal right now, so we, we just don't know what the response is going to be. But like, whereas, say, the high school tournament in this area would have had, you know, 32 people in it, maybe we could we could do a, an unofficial one with 16 people, okay, and, and restrictions and, and, and give people a, a chance to compete what they dreamed for and practiced for over many, many years and invested in. So I think locally you're going to see – so just like the UTRD, why can't we just copy that? Have eight people and have two courts and mm-hmm. everyone, everyone's 10 foot away from each other through the whole duration and sanitizing right. the whole time. I, I mean, it's not over, is it? We just have to make cutbacks and not everyone's going to get to play in that. But, you know, if we provide some outlet, our competitive people won't be hopping fences and cutting padlocks. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, one of the things that was brought up to me about the UTR event, the pro event that happened down in Florida was the level of tennis was definitely lower than what we're used to seeing from our professional players. I mean, because these nobody's competed for several weeks. We're going to see that same thing with the juniors, right? When they get back to competition, they haven't been, in a competitive situation for several weeks now, not only mentally should we expect to kind of see some, you know, kind of ramping up, but physically also they're not going to have the stamina. It's not like they've had a gradual return to training in the heat, playing in the heat, those types of things. So are there things that you're recommending to your players, Andy, to help them get prepared to be ready to hit the ground running once there is a competitive opportunity for them. Sure. Look at the, you know, the, the race to four format is very predominant in uh, college tennis in the fall right now. Okay. Um, anything ITA is managing and ITA kind of governs college tennis till March the 1st and then the NCAA takes over with their conferences and you got race to four, you know, it's controversial, but there's some popularity to it. And there's certainly some uh, benefits under a, a pandemic thing. So mm-hmm. race to four, you know, you can move things through, you know, like they did yesterday. They, they pioneered that in, in Florida and, and showed you that race to floor. They didn't complain about it. And, and that's, right. you know, level of play there. I mean, it's still, you know, top 50 in the world. Just it wasn't top ten, but it was top fifty. So you got the big ball getting hit. Well, I just I'm talking more about in you know the not the level of the players themselves in terms of their ranking, but just the fact that they hadn't been competing for several weeks. They were a little rusty, and our, our juniors are going to be a little rusty when they get back out there. And I think it's important for everybody to kind of understand that mindset that, you know, from the parents to the coaches, to the players themselves, 
know that when you get back out to compete, it's not going to look like it looked prior to COVID-19. It's going to take a while. So, so go slow, but sure, but safe. Okay. And as pros, let's do uh, instead of single privates, two person privates where they can trade a live ball, keep a little bit of score and slowly get through that rust. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you can stop start it pretty good with with, with a, a two to one ratio, and 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 also that helps the parents' finances. Okay, you know sure. they've not been earning money now. You know, I just cut your lesson cost in half with that idea. So I mean, it's going on. It's not new, but increase that because you can have point play. Yeah, yeah, and coached point play, which is awesome um, to for the players to have that input in real time, not going back and watching a video of a match that you played three days ago. Um, This is in the moment coaching, you know, what just happened on that point. You were standing here. He was standing there. You hit the ball there. He hit the ball here. You know, how could you have played that differently? Um, It's invaluable. And it's one of those things that I've actually been preaching for years on parenting aces, you know, get these kids out playing matches and pay the coach to be there and coach them. Uh, during the match and give them real-time feedback so that they can internalize what's happening in the moment. It's a great experience. Every corner of that parent, student, coach, equilateral triangle loves that stuff. Right. But people haven't been utilizing that. And now is kind of a, a real great opportunity to start to incorporate more of that into your child's junior development program, whatever that looks like for you. Sure. And if we, if we do more of that, we'll come out stronger. Absolutely. So where are we headed? What are you seeing over the next, you know, two to four weeks and beyond Andy? Well, you certainly see in the twilight zone with some people playing tennis on the courts. Okay. And that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, I, I think it's gotta be, we gotta see how it plays out. You know, we, we have all these guidelines. We have, good advice from uh, our governing body and our associations and, and hopefully that trickles through the clubs and you know we just trust the cdc and follow their recommendations if we do that and we don't get a, a a second wave of of note then we can increase doing that we can keep these courts filled but if we if we get it wrong we're going right back to the start and it'll be it'll be a rougher time so I see a little less sanctioned tournament, a little, a little more local play happening, and I see co-ed. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I, no, no, no reason to separate the genders quite as much right now when your you, your goals have changed. Uh, I'm a bit concerned for college tennis. I don't quite know how they're going to get back. I don't know how they can travel in a van together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's all kind of, and there's budgetary constraints. And fortunately, we've not seen any more that you could count the programs on one hand right now that have taken a step backwards. I, I hope right. it stays that way and doesn't get worse. But that's better than usual, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I but I, I don't I don't know if they're going to be traveling to compete in 202. And if they have... If they have online schooling in the fall, you, you know, then, then there's no football, is there? You're not going to campus to be right. in person. Right. Although I've seen some conversations saying that if they have online classrooms, um, football may still happen, which I, I don't really understand how that is. But, okay, 
I, I mean, I think they'll push the date. There'll be cutbacks. So, you know, yeah. streaming, watching, they'll push the date. You know, they won't, they'll practice in September and play in October, November, December, maybe January. They'll, they'll push the date on to, mm-hmm. to go, you know, to, to go into the safer area. But I don't know. I can't picture a big college football game without a crowd. Right. Uh, and the, I mean, the revenues aren't going to be there if it's not football as usual. Right. And, Tennis relies on football and basketball revenue, as we've all learned through this process. We've been talking about this kind of ad nauseum Uh, in the college world. You know, if you're a non-revenue sport, you need football and basketball to happen to fund you. And we didn't have basketball and we don't know if we're having football. But even if we do have football, what's it going to look like? Is there going to be enough revenue generated to cover the non-rev sports and, you know, tennis among them? So, uh, yeah, I mean, Andy, I think you're absolutely right. We've, you know, thankfully not seen or heard of many schools cutting tennis through this pandemic, which, you know, I'm 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 really I, I feel this pride toward the college athletic directors and, and the tennis coaches and the budget people at the collegiate level um, really not, you know, jumping the gun and making cuts before they know what the landscape's going to look like. At the same time, I think we have to be realistic and, you know, things are definitely going to be different for the 2020-2021 academic year. I'd include high school in there, obviously, yeah. right alongside college. I mean, we don't want to see one cut anywhere. Uh, you know, USTA's got a no-cut thing. I'm not sure if coaches with girls' tennis in the fall in this area can can carry 28 kids, okay? You, you've mm-hmm. lost your whole social distancing situation there if you've got the courts and the assistant pros then you could have a jv team and you can keep that number but um if it's cutbacks it's cutbacks but let's not make it cutouts i'm not hearing too much negative in the high school area but it's unknown right now they, you know i mean if they don't go to school i don't think there's going to be full sports yeah yeah i think it would be very difficult to justify having athletic teams compete with one another when you can't have kids in the classroom. So, and they're going to need a, a new budget item called hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be a large one. Yeah. Yeah. If they can even get it right. We still uh, can't even get it. Yeah. We're, we're making it. We're, 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 we're going around the stores and making it around here and yeah. coming up, coming up with a solution for that. But yeah, I mean, you, you need it or Lysol or Clorox. You need something happening. Right, right, for sure. The, the, the virus is is determining everything we're doing, N- not so much the governing authorities. It's the virus. If the virus would just go away, we can get back to something like normal. Hmm. There we go. Sorry. So I was saying... Um, the virus really is controlling everything, exactly as you said, Andy. And, um, you know, I I would just like to say I it sounds to me, Andy, as if you feel very encouraged by early actions of the tennis world getting back on the court, that people seem to be getting back on the court in a in a way that makes sense, that's safe, um, you know, that that we can kind of build on as we move forward, but it's going to be contingent on people following the guidelines, following the rules. And it only takes one sick person at a facility exposing a whole group of other not sick people to wreck it for everybody. So 
please, 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 you know, if you are going to go back out to the courts, make sure you don't have a fever. Take your temperature before you go out there. It's so simple. Um, oh, Michael's posting a question here. He says, I might have missed it, but any suggestions for high school coaches for distancing and best practices, hand washing, equipment cleaning? Andy, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think I understood the, the question. I mean, you've just got to carry hand sanitizer on your belt. Okay. You just constantly, um, constantly sanitize everything the tennis balls you reduce the amount that you use because in a in a card of balls you're not going to get the whole sphere you know i mean you're going to have to put them in a basket and put them in the dryer and put them in a microwave and do things like that but carry hand sanitizer and make people wash their hands non-stop I don't know if that fully answered the question, but that's... Well, he was asking about distancing, too, and it was just kind of what you were talking about before. You you know, to have 28 kids on a not, on a, a team where there are no cuts um, just might not be feasible right now, that you totally might have to have smaller, smaller teams or have multiple teams that are at the courts at staggered times so that you can maintain that social distancing. Yeah, I'd promote the no cut. Stagger your times. If you've got, you know, if you've got three hours, then one group comes for an hour and a half and goes out of a different exit gate and the other group comes in the entrance gate, okay, after the hour and a half. You know, it might be a half hour less for your top players, but it provides, you know, 14-14, it provides tennis for 28 people there. Right. If, 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 if that makes sense. I mean, you know, the, the no-cut thing is, is is completely dependent on the amount of courts, the amount of time, and the amount of coaches you have. If you have an assistant coach that can run a second a second session JV or whatever you want to call it, you got a little bit more lateral. But if you've got two courts, everything we just said is just not happening. Right. So, yes, Michael, to answer your question, staggering practices makes perfect sense, and it's a great idea. In terms of equipment cleaning, one of the things that I heard is – um, to change your grip after every time you play. So um, when the kids leave the court, they should come onto the court with a plastic bag. And before they leave the court, they should, for the boys, change shirts. Um, if it's feasible for the girls to have a, a wave that's modest or whatever to change shirts, um, throw all your dirty stuff, your wristbands, your socks, your dirty shirts, your dirty towel into a plastic bag, seal it up, um, throw away your over wrap on your grip and replace it with a fresh one, you know, when you go out to play the next time um, the balls, if, if the players themselves are bringing balls out onto the courts uh, when they're done, either they put them into a ball recycling bin or they put them, you know, into a plastic bag that then gets sanitized once they get home. Um, I mean, you, there, there are going to be all these extra steps that we have to take. It's not, tennis as usual right now but it can be tennis right we can play sure the grip thing is absolutely spot on i mean maybe we we, we always we get frustrated as coaches when the kids start putting the grip on when you start in the lesson okay it should be done at home now it must be done at home okay yeah so you know but careful here because we're pro shops might not be open we not might not be able to sell you those grips okay um, I just think if you spray everything down and mark your equipment, like you bring three balls, put a red dot on them. Mm -hmm. That didn't used to be popular among pros, but now it's going to have to be. Okay, let's get red, blue, black dots on them. 
and you can look at a ball and see if it's your one. You, if it's your one, you can touch it. If it's not, you can't. You know, when it goes in that plastic bag or, or can, just spray it down, okay, yeah. and, and spray it down again and again and again, and then you can redo, reuse it. Right. The, right. the washing and machine can kill, can kill these germs as well, okay? so Right, absolutely. Chose yeah. to put, put, put their tennis balls in a, a string bag, put some towels in there, Put some some you know sprinkle a little Clorox in there and, and and wash them and let them let them hang out to dry and you've got a effectively a fresh tennis ball. I mean new balls are, are favored, but they don't, sure. you don't have to pay money all the time for for new. Right, right, and that's a great point too. Uh, you know, again, it's not tennis as usual, but at least it's tennis, and we're giving you some suggestions and guidelines to help you stay safe and virus free as any of us can right now. We just, there's still so much we don't know about the virus and what we do know changes every day. So that's, again, I want to reinforce the fact that today's guidelines may change tomorrow or next week. And so everybody needs to kind of stay on top of things, make sure you're in, you know, if you're a player or a parent, make sure you're in constant communication with your, with your, uh, director at your club to understand what today's guidelines are before you go out there. And just because you played yesterday under one set of guidelines doesn't mean those are the same today. Just clarify and make sure you're doing what you need to do to keep everybody safe. And and we want to protect you coaches too. I mean, it's not just about protecting the players. Uh, let me add something to that on-court situation. Um, unfortunately with kids, they don't always take everything home and they leave things behind and they figure it'll be in lost and found. There's no more lost and found. Okay. Mm, you, leave some, you leave something behind. Okay. You know, we're, we're effectively not touching it. It's, it's going to get discarded. So kids, adults and me don't <laughs> leave the days of lost and found are over. Okay. Take your stuff with you or say goodbye to it. Yeah, great point. Great point. Anything else, Andy, that we need to talk about before I let you get back to your day? No, if there's a question or two out there, I'd be happy. Um, otherwise, you know, I want to email anyone that wants all that stuff we've talked about, the, the guidelines that I have. But the resources at USTA, at USPTA uh, are, are extensive. You know, strive, we always teach. Strive. I don't think we should teach striving for perfection. We should see, teach striving for excellence. In this time, it's going to be excellence plus, isn't it? Because, like you said, you know, perfection's a, a tough thing on a kid to try and reach. But one slip here, and we're back to the red zone. Right. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. I love it. Andy, thank you so much. And again, for those of you watching, if you want a copy of the um, the release that Andy's using with his players, uh, if you just type your email address in the comments, I will get your email address to him and we'll get that information to you directly. Um, if you're hearing this on our podcast, you can email me, lisa at parentingaces.com. If you want a copy of that release, and I'll be happy to send it to you. It's a waiver, I guess, a release, a waiver. Um, and I'll be happy to pass that along to Andy and, and he'll get the waiver to you. So thanks, you guys, for tuning in. And Andy, thank you for taking some time out of your Monday. And I know you're busy, busy. Lisa, thank you for everything you do for the sport. I know you've been doing it almost as long as me and you're doing a wonderful job out there. Keep it up. 
Thanks. Same to you. Everybody have a great week. I'm sure we'll be back at some point this week with another live. Uh, Just stay tuned in and we'll see you later. Stay safe. I'm Lisa Stone and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast for tennis parents by a tennis parent. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at ParentingAces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.